Alrighty, Creecast Podcast here. Thanks for listening as always. It's David, as usual, on the Shitter Sport Podcast on the interwebs. Now, i keeping this one as a separate podcast to the round review one because I know some people may not want to listen to too much of the chatter about um, the coaching and untenable and all the commentary from last week and the commentary that continues in the wake of our win. Um, a great win as it was. Uh, that podcast is up if you want to hear me talk about that and everything that was going on there and probably a few things I forgot as well. But anyway, that's podcasting um, as an amateur. But um, I just wanted to kind of, and I'll keep this one a bit shorter than last week because um, it's just there's it's just adding, you know, the the conversation continued throughout the weekend and into this week, so I just kind of wanted to touch on it again because it's just it's a very big storyline at the club at the moment, and you know, there's former players on both sides of the aisle, and then there's the current administration and the coach in the middle of it all. So it is pertinent to everything that we love about our club. So you know, I just feel it's right to talk about. Um, I will try to say again, and I think people that listen to me regularly and see how I interact on Twitter know that I try to be objective and see, you know, kind of just see both sides of the argument and look at it objectively as best as I can, even though I'm a fan and I have my biases as well. And I have my thoughts, I've stated them last week, and I, I don't, you know, my basic thought is I just don't have the faith that Hinckley can get, lead us to a premiership. Do I, you know, do I know that for a fact? No, I don't. You know, we could have a miraculous run like the you know, Dallas Mavericks in 2011, you know, win the NBA title was just, you know, just, you know, wild. No one expected that, but it happened. Um, you know, teams win against all odds, all, you know, it's a story as old as time in the history of um, of sports. So I don't know it for a fact. It's just my opinion. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's something that is um, interesting um, watching this go back and forth uh, and just seeing, you know, I mean, the start to start with, it's just disappointing watching um you know what Trudeau said last week you know there's then players are coming out against it and there's plenty of commentary against it, and their, their views are valid as well but what was annoying is I thought Trudeau actually did a pretty good job of putting out a a reasoned opinion based on some you know some argument you know he put out a great argument and backed it up with reason and calmness and a lot of thoughts and stuff, and it was just generally his opinion as a former player and someone that's got a fairly invested interest and family history with the club, you know. And um, I was quite disappointed watching the commentary from both former players and media, both before the game and, and particularly after the game. It seemed to have just glommed onto one word from, you know, 20 minutes of talk that Trudeau had that was actually largely about much more than just Ken Hinckley. It was about a larger perceived issues that he has with the club um, and some, you know, issues that, you know, he says some others see and certainly even Jennifer on the radio said, yeah, look, I, you know, there's, I, I hear it too. You know, there's, it's more than just Red Raider as well. It said, you know, he, and I know he said that he's got players that, um, that have messaged him and reached out and said, you know, we, we, we agree with you. We're not prepared to get out there with our names out there because we, you know, don't want to take the heat, but you know, he's, he at least says that unless he's black flat you know, flat out lying, which I, I just, my personal opinion is I don't believe he is. Obviously, I, I have the faith that um, a player of his stature wouldn't just come out and say these things to get, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, it, it, it's disappointing that, again, I, was, I got a little bit sidetracked there, but the, you had Corns of Kane and Graham, and then even, I know, I saw Chad, who is obviously a, um, a, assistant coach at the club also replied to um, 
I think Graham's tweet and said, um, he said something along the lines of like, I agree. I wish I could say, but you know, Graham said, I don't, you know, stay away from it. But you know, clearly they all agree. And you know, Chad works for Canon and it's understandably his position. Um, but I was disappointed that just, it seemed like there was this concerted effort from both these kind of players and the media to, to kind of go after Treader as the, the crazy outsider. And you know, whether that turns out to be true, who knows? But it just, it seemed like there was an attack rather than a clear discussion about what was said. You know, it was just they, they're attacking the untenable thing and thinking that he wants him sacked immediately and and saying it's just it's just stupid and ludicrous to ask for that after three games, which, as some people have brought up on Twitter and found the screenshots of, Ken, uh, Kane has literally done that for other coaches, um, literally on round three with Buckley a couple of years ago. There was an article and some commentary about it. So it's not it's, it's actually hypocritical. It's straight up hypocritical and, and stupid of Kane to say that it's ridiculous from one side and, and, and for Kane's colleagues as well to agree with him whilst also having seen that Kane's done the exact same thing and he did it with Beveridge earlier this year as well, you know, even sooner. So, and I guess Kane's defense for that would just be like, well, I was just saying it's, you know, it's getting to the point that it's probably not. And that's exactly what Treadray was doing too. He wasn't saying sack Ken this week. He was just saying it's becoming untenable and, and it was a larger discussion about the 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 club and its, and its, and its history across the years of... Um, you know, not making the ruthless call. So, you know, and so that was really just disappointing to me to see that kind of, you know, and it was Andy Marr as well even, um, and I retweeted that when I had a little four-tweet kind of run of me just saying, you know, this, you've got to look at look at the whole word, the entirety of what was said rather than just one word and latch onto it because, you know, even if you don't agree with it, you can have a discussion about it. You can have a mature discussion about it. And that's what Treadray's been saying. is like, I just wanted to have a mature discussion. And this is what these other people aren't doing at this at this moment, um, including Kosh on the radio last week as well. And it kind of reminds me of, um, you know, I was, a, I, was a, I was a history student at a university. I've got, I got my bachelor's in history from um, Oregon. And, you know, I had to I had to write a thesis paper about Stalin's, you know, purge of his Red Army and all that stuff prior to World War II, Right. Now, do I agree with Stalin and what he did? No. Do I agree with the entirety of Stalin's um, regime? No. But what you had to do as a history student is you have to sit there and look at the facts and look at why, even if you don't agree with what was done as a history, you look at why was it done? What was his reasoning for it? You know, he's, he was cold and callous and, you know, you know, ended up in the deaths of tens of millions of people due to him being, you know, somewhat of an evil character. But to write a paper about it, you have to look at it and reason and understand why he's doing it, why he felt the need to do it, what was to gain for him in his situation, et cetera, et cetera. And ultimately, how did it help solidify his position heading into World War II, I think was the thesis. It was almost 10 years ago. I'm getting like emails from the University of Oregon Alumni Association about putting updating my alumni page as to what I'm doing, which um, I'm just going to have to write and doing a podcast and not making any money. No. <laughs> um, but, you know... That's kind of you've got to take that, and this is what's annoying to me about the journal, the, the position of journalists and commentators at the moment in the AFL in this space. And I get that they have to do it. That a lot of it's so much opinion-based stuff. So this is what they do. But it's getting it's gone too far. It seems at times that, especially with the Twitter accounts that they have and all that stuff, that they can just sit there and just like you know Andy Marge tweets untenable, eh? like without any context to it, and he's just taking the one word and he's just making like a sarcastic comment and. And unfortunately, not making any commentary about what the larger issue was that Treadray raised and all that stuff. It's just, it's just frustrating to me to see that kind of um, 
response to response to what was actually a reasonable discussion for Treadray was just, you know, and I don't agree with everything that Treadray's about. I don't agree with some of, you know, his social political stuff. I'm just, it's not where I'm at, but you can still not, you know, not agree with the entirety of who a person is and what they do and still actually, you know, you can, being a mature adult is actually just looking at taking what they say on the, on their merits. And on this, this instance, he had a lot of points. Whether it's going to turn out to be right, who knows? Maybe the club will internally take up the take this on board and be like, we have to maybe look at a few things and, and they will change things without actually having to make the ruthless decision that, that Kent, that Treadway's talking about in second Ken this week or whatever, or next week or whatever else that they, you know, they think he's saying they should do. You know, maybe it just happens at the end of the year or maybe he goes on and wins a premiership miraculously and then we're not, it's just, a, and, you know, Treadway even said, I think, I can't remember if it was on this week's podcast or if it was on the radio. He's done both again. He's been on 5AA as well as doing his Big Deal podcast. And I've listened to both. So if I paraphrase one and attribute it to the other, that's uh, just apologize for that. But as from one or the other, but he said he'll be the first to hold his hand up and say I was wrong. Like he's just seeing what it is from this point. And, and he's got the, there, there is backup for it. There's, why was a, you know, there was a sack Hinkley sticker I think or whatever sign put on the Port Adelaide sign on Port Road last year now did I agree with them whoever did that no because I just think there's better ways to you know protest and and put your thoughts out there without you know you know public but you know then again I am a supporter of <laughs> protesting and and all that kind of stuff as well so you know I'm not completely against I just I wouldn't have done it myself but there's a reason that kind of energy is out there um there's a reason fans on if you you know Twitter can be a hyper hyper realistic environment at times as to how people express their opinions, but there is a lot of opinion that's been there for a long time about the direction of the club and and also the members and fans not feeling heard. Um, you know, we haven't you know I remember being at the uh, the one fiftieth year opening event at. Um, Pirate Life Brewing in Port Adelaide there on uh, October 2019. That was a great environment. There was, you know, obviously there was whispers of discontent at that point um, around the club and fans and stuff like that. But there was still a great event there, and Kosh was there, and, and lots of members of the club were there. And and you know, there was back there was Keith Thomas, I think, at the end of his tenure, possibly there, or did he take? He went through the 2020 year. I can't remember at this moment in time, but. There was still good energy there, and you know, Kosh was well received and there, and and all that stuff. And you know, you just I know COVID's been around for the last couple of years. We need to see probably more of that kind of community back with the club again, I think. Um, we've also got to remember when we're talking about this stuff, there is more than just the men's side now. We've got the women's side, so we've got to acknowledge the club as a whole and the good things they're doing in other other areas. And, you know, the women's team, um, obviously it was a rough season on the field, but there was a lot of good um, vibes among, you know, the way we you know, treated the historic moment of the women's team and all the, the content that came out of that. So, you know, there is that side of the administration of the club as well. But, you know, overall, there is still, you know, the discontent and and a lot of that stuff's been around for a long time. And that's what Treadray's speaking to. And that's that's what's unfortunate, again, that I find annoying about how uh, we've... The response from some of these people about what Treadray said was all about just one little snippet of you know, what has been now with this podcast this week, about almost an hour of conversation he's had and not much of it's actually mentioned Ken's name or anything like that. You know, he's been talking about a lot more things than just Hinkley. And that's what's so frustrating about it is we've boiled down maybe 
you know, almost an hour of radio appearance and almost an hour of two podcasts down to just one thing that these commentators have done and, and pundits and whatever else, rather than actually talking about the larger issues. And even Caroline Wilson just had to, you know, her Caro's arrow, which, you know, I agree with Caroline Wilson at times and think she's a fucking idiot at other times. Um, you know, and that's part, kind of unfortunately her position in journalism. She's, she can be a great journalist at times when she actually knuckles down into some of the, the true journalism but then there's, you know she has her segments and that's what unfortunately segments are meant to be clickbaity and and hot takey and she just again glommed onto one part of what Treadray said in her little Caro's Arrow and whatever that show is and and didn't look at the larger thing and you know it would be it would be great for AFL footy programs and TV and all that stuff to actually when a, a former player comes out and has such a you know calm reasoned critique of his former club and and some concerns he has if they could talk about that a little bit more and say oh this is really you know interesting to take an approach to your former club like that and and have these you know and what and what is going on at Port Adelaide is there what you know what are the fan concerns and they could talk to fans I don't know and and, you know and some fans take it too far and that's that's one thing I will say as well there is you know fans on Twitter that you know call you know every name under the sun that's they're want to do and if they breach Twitter guidelines and whatever then they, they they do and they get banned or whatever but you know I'm not going to sit there and call people you know frauds or whatever either because there's humans behind these you know behind these roles at the club and I try to you know try to recognize that and you know understand that you just got to be a good human about any of these situations as well but um, you know there's there is there's so much more going on in what this, this commentary is rather than just um just what that those those words these journalists and stuff um glommed onto so yeah we uh i've just kind of put out that part of it now but then you know sure i had the the big deal podcast which go back and listen to it if you um haven't already and and or if you're interested um but you know to kind of run over it again he did say um you know the, he, he mentioned again it's the record over ken's tenure tenure it's it's trends he's seen and, and both in ken's you know his tenure as well as the the response of the club to the tenure as well um you know he he looks at uh the 2017 re-signing when you know hinkley was almost out the door to another role and and then you know, a club you know bending over and basically and giving him what he wanted and he and he felt that was a response an un, unruthless and un, unport Adelaide kind of uh, kind of way of dealing with it, you know. So that was a uh, that was kind of his point of view, um, and that's kind of where he, where he sees it having changed for him, starting to change anyway. Because he says, you know, he's, he's he might in you know the first six seven years, even though it was you know they went to finals and then they fell away a little bit, but then went back. Um, you know, he was okay with what was going on, but. Um, you know the trends were the trends over the, since that 2017 time. It's just he it, it started seeing an, an accountability within the or a lack of accountability within the club, uh, particularly you know after 2021. Again, it was accountability, um, and just and particularly last year when um, the club referred to the fans as white noise. He just didn't like. You know, he, in, he said, and again, this podcast is this latest release on the big deal. Treadway's cadence and the way he explains himself is really good. He does try to... He says he sees the club's point of view. It can be frustrating to try to respond to fans complaining and complaining and saying, calling, you know, name-calling and all that stuff. He gets that. He understands that. And he understands that there's some decisions at the club that are hamstrung because there is, you know, the, the AFL 
when the club takes loans from the AFL and and you know Port's not alone here, but when clubs uh, have that support from the AFL, there is some there is some hams you know they're hamstrung a little bit in decisions and how they spend that money. So he understands all the business side of it and all that stuff. But he, again, all this stuff is about how the clubs responding to fans and how the fans aren't being heard. When the fans literally called white noise, it irked him. And it, irked, and it certainly irked the fans. I'm irked by it still. You know, that's that's the frustration is while I see, you know, I try to see both sides and stuff, I, that was a sticking point for me too. Because you don't want to be... And that's what Treadress thing is. There's a way to communicate with your stakeholders and, and fans and members are stakeholders in the club. They do have a stake there. You know, we financially support the club. Um, you know, it's not the be-all and end-all, but, you know, well, you know, for, you know, as as uh, you know, fans in, in the Premier League have said, um, when things happen and, and you know football without fans is nothing, and that's the same with the AFL. You know football, Australian rule, uh, Australian rules football without the fans is nothing, um, and uh, and that's where the sticking point is at the moment. Um, is just feeling like we are white noise, and when it's when the club said the quiet part out loud last year, that became and that that you know there was there needs to be some accountability from the club for that, and that's what we we just keep asking for is some accountability, some some understanding of where we're at um, rather than just dismissing it and that's what we feel dismissed um, there's both the side of it that Trudeau is talking about from the business side that board isn't making the ruthless decisions and there's reckless ruthless and then there's ruthless in the sense of you know some would say you know decisions that other clubs have made have been too soon and the way you know the way Ben Rutten was um, treated by us and was was cruel and rough um, and then Brett Ratton getting signed and then sacked a few months later is just bad business in a way, but you know it was also ruthless. And and so far this year, I'm I'm still not a believer in Ross Lyon until he actually gets across the line because he always starts well and, and peters off. Um, but you know he has a good list there, and who knows? And so far it's been vindicated. So um, you know there's reckless, ruthless, and then there's and then there's ruthless but necessary. And uh, you know there's that side of it, and the, but then there's, again there's the side of it that um, you know. The fans aren't feeling heard, and again, Dredo does say, you know, no one owes anyone anything. He he says he doesn't feel the club owes anything. He's you know he's got arthritic knees, ankles, and all that stuff, and he he says his back hurts and he's in constant you know there's constant pain. And but he you know and whether I agree that you know I think players do deserve you know sometimes the play the bodies of players in the past have not been treated as well by clubs as they could have. Um, but if Dredo feels that way, then that's great as well. But he doesn't feel like he owes the club. Any, you know, there's a two way street here. Um, He's long been respectful of the club, and he's just come out now. He's coming out now because he's seen a trend again. It's, I think I said last week as well. This has been building for a while, and it's not just him. You know, again, if you listen to Gina, go back and listen to, you know, the two interviews with Treadway last week on Five um, AA, and then this week again as well. You know, Geneva is a little bit more. You know, he's not re- releasing podcasts calling Ken's position untenable, but Geneva does agree that there's there's validity to the underlying points that Treadray's making and Geneva's a well-championed well-loved member of it like he was one of the ones um at that 20 that 150th anniversary um launch at the Pirate Life Brewing Geneva was one of, the, one of the main speakers there I've got a photo with it you can go back on my Instagram I've got a photo with him there and he's wearing the port gear and he's still very I, again I don't know if he's involved this year in the on you know the halftime stuff but he's been involved right up until last year when the last time I went to a game so he's well involved at the club still He's got connections. He said last week that he got texts from former players saying that he doesn't. The players, some players, don't want the, you know, the the prison bars warning the AFL if they're going to treat it like that. 
So it's not like Treadray's alone in some frustration with the the direction of the club. He's just the one putting his name to it and, and putting the word out there. So it has been frustrating to see Treadray treated as some... And again, like I said, I don't agree with some of the things he's about um, otherwise in his life. Um, but I don't like this idea that there, there seems to be almost like the likes of Kosh and Corns recognize that he has that part of his life and they're trying they, and they've, there's been those gasoline terms of crazy or delusional and stuff like that like they know that there's already that opinion out there from some people about Tread Ray which whether you believe it or not that's fine but they're trying to they, they're attacking him a little bit more personally than they would if he didn't have those views either so that's just my opinion as well whether that's true or not don't come at me about that it's just I you know you look you read between the lines and just think there's this is real kind of way that they've talked about him in the last week that has been to really make him the other rather than acknowledge that he has said that there's other, he talks to some players and whether there's a divide then you know football clubs not everyone's going to be friends there's people from all spectrum of of um, life that end up coming together to be a team that can win a premiership as Shredray was a part of and you know Dom Cassisi was one of those ones that commented on the Corns' post as well and he was pretty scathing without mentioning Shredray about it and I love Dom as a player and, and love him as well. So I I take that on board. So there is another other side to it and there is players that are but these are all players that have played under Ken and they have a they have a connection as well and so they have a vested interest as well. So you there's theirs isn't a completely objective point of view either. So they're both sides are coming from un, you know, that there's biases and passions and stuff involved from both sides. So it's not that you know, Corns isn't necessarily wrong although I don't agree with him in this instance because we don't know what the end game is here we don't know where it's going to end up in five years we'll look back and we'll have a lot clearer view of where everyone is at and either Treadray will be completely vindicated or he'll be somewhat vindicated but there'll be in, there'll be some middle ground that's what generally these all these situa- situations are is you have one side you have the other side and then the the truth is somewhere in the middle and the actual situation kind of comes to a point of conclusion that then you say, oh, right, there they were right here, then but there was some way, some way right there. I don't, I don't know. At, at this point, it's just such a mess that people are kind of, you know, putting their, you know, making their stake in the ground and, and sticking to it, and and it's just, it's just, it's just frustrating as a fan to sit there kind of in the middle and and um, but unfortunately, I do, I do in this instance, I well, it's not unfortunately, I'm, I'm happy to say that I just. With what has been said about us, the white noise thing again was a sticking point to me, and um, and to me, and I, I am thankful that someone like Tread Ray's out there at least making that point a little bit wider because I think that got kind of lost by media and stuff last year. We didn't really see it discussed, and he's bringing it, caught it, kind of brought it back to the forefront that that is how we were treated, have been treated at times, and whether the club means as again, Tread Ray did say he said he understands it's a frustrating thing. Um, you know, when you feel like you're under attack as a club and as an administration and stuff, it can be frustrating to try to respond to it. But you need to... That's why you have media managers and, and, and professionals in a football club setting is that you need to find a way to say it without treating us like we're just, um, you know, white noise, but, you know, take, we'll take your money because you're members as well and make you feel important, but at, at, we don't actually really care. And that's kind of how... You know, I didn't... I, I don't... You know, I don't know that... That's not how they meant it, but... The underlying thing is a lot of fans made were made to feel that way, and I, I am a little. Bit, I did feel a little bit disconnected after that myself. I'm not, you know. I 
try to have the maturity and see that you know it was a it's just it's just a, it's a comment i don't you know people say things and and don't you know they don't say things and not quite mean it that way but again it was um uh it was a frustrating thing to hear and i can understand um you know why a lot of fans feel disconnected and, and certainly i i have that same feeling as well um i did like on the 5AA um commentary the, the interview he had with Jennifer and, and Rowie last night um he mentioned in regards to the game like you know he wasn't expecting Ken to be sacked based on what he said he said it would be it would be a testament to our weak you know it would be vindicate that he, a weak board uh, theory if they did just decide to sack him based on what um Trudere said so you know it's not like he just came out he was putting point forward a point of view um that you know, is is built on some opinions both from fans and former players that he talks to. And like I said, it's not he's he's not alone in that point of view. So my overall really reason for doing this little twenty five minute bit here is just to say that you know we've got to you know it's it's just frustrating to see um, someone painted as a, as as a lone wolf kind of prior when there is a lot more lot more support for his position there is a lot of support for the opposition position as well and i and like i said i thought i try to just find the middle ground and 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 be as objective as i can and again i'll i'll finish this by saying shredrayam said himself also said ken's a good coach you know all the commentary has been about the untenable comment he also said he's a bloody i think the literal words were ken's a bloody good coach whether that was on the podcast or on the radio interview subsequent uh you know post the podcast I can't remember exactly, but he said those words as well. So you've got to, if you're going to commentate on the on the whole situation, you've got to commentate commentate on the situation. You've got to commentate on the whole situation, and allow the context to it. And otherwise, don't tweet. If you're going to tweet about it, then tweet more about it rather than just take a take one word and try to try to get the likes and the and the, and the engagement with your tweets. Um, and that's really what what my point is is just have a mature discussion about it. You know, I can sit here and say that I think that Ken's position is not going to last. He's not for the long term for Port Adelaide, but I'm happy with the result this weekend. Um, but I still need to see a lot more um, if I'm going to change my opinion. And it would be pretty much impossible for me to change my opinion on what the future direction of coaching of this club would be unless, I mean, the very least would be get to the grand final um, and, you know, and have a good performance and hopefully, obviously win it. But, you know, beyond that, I just don't, you know, we're in year 11 and it's already been spoken about the records and all that stuff of where we're at um, and how long Ken's been allowed to coach without getting to that point um, and the fact that no one else has been given that length of term. Um, and, you know, if he got to a grand final and won it, then it would just be a record of the amount of games that it's taken for a coach to win, you know. And, you know, we've seen Andy... but. So Andy Reid in the in the NFL, um, he coached for years at Philadelphia and then moved and then got sacked there eventually, and then he moved on to Kansas City and luckily got a generational quarterback and one of the probably going to end up one of the greatest of all time and win a finally won a Super Bowl. Maybe Ken's going to do that. He'll just move on and just end up in a position and win it, but it won't begrudge Port Adelaide's position and the Port Adelaide fans' position about where we're at because we've spent a lot of time and had a lot of talent and um, and haven't quite gotten across the line. And in that time, there has been some poor trends, some poor performances, um, peaks and valleys, uh, the like of which we've, you know, you rarely see um, for a, such a talented list at times. And uh, and in amongst all that has been um, the fans becoming somewhat feeling of disconnect, 
disconnection with a club that is so much based around the fans and the family and the passion of the football club and the fans and the players and all that together is what makes Port Adelaide Football Club. So all those things are real concerns and um, that's why I'm just glad that the discussion is out there. It's unfortunate to be having it because we'd much rather be in a harmonious position. Um, but it's out there and it is part of, it is part of the discussion about where we're at at the moment and we've got to, we've got to hear it and, and discuss it. And, you know, I don't know where it's going to end up. Um, certainly... Um, I'm glad that the discussion's out there. But, um, you know, like I said, who knows where this is going to end up. Um, let's just hope that going forward we can have a, a few more mature discussions about it rather than just clickbaity shit, really. I just don't want to see that. That's just really my point of doing this, like, 30-minute ramble now that it's turned into. Is just let's try to just be a bit more mature about it and rather than just, um, you know, tweet hot takes or, you know, name call and all that stuff. Just, just have mature discussions about the future of the club rather than... Because um, you can be... You can be insanely, scathingly critical and still look <laughs> and still have a look quite object. You know, you can you can do it in a mature way. You can be very critical in a mature way. Just find the way, find the words, and, and, and we can get there. And that's why I commend Tredray. Like I said, whether or not I disagree agree with him in all facets of life, I commend him for how he's put his point across because I think he's done it in a reasonably mature way. Um and certainly in a way that you don't see from a lot of um, football commentary in the in the mainstream as well. So, yeah, that's about it. Um, a great win, otherwise, on the weekend. And again, that was a response. I said I said my piece in their review on on more of the game stuff. But you know, that's the way. If you wanna if you wanna put your put your stake in the ground against the point of view, then that's the way to do it. But um, yeah, it's got to continue as well, though. Otherwise, the position will continue to be untenable because part of the reason. Um, we're in this position is because we get emotional responses and then we get flat response, flat responses to that. So we need to start seeing some consistency and then maybe that position will become a little bit more tenable again. But until then, it's just what it is and, and that's where we're at. But uh, it's a little bit more of a positive uh, positive atmosphere at the end of this one with the, the result on the weekend. So as always, count the pair.